Thank you, Alice and Molly, for the beautiful music. Just want to encourage you. We have a lot of activities coming up. I hope you'll choose to participate in some of those and receive the blessing from being involved. I thought it'd be fitting this morning for us to consider having our lives balanced. Or how do we stay in balance? How do we maintain balance? And I thought this would be particularly important since some of y'all are going to be trying to hang Christmas lights this afternoon uh, on the side of your house or in the coming weeks ahead. Uh, the hospitals have told me they love this time of the year because their business sees an increase from people that are got to get that one last light right over there. And what happens when you get out of balance? This is what happened to me a while ago when I little Nora moved and I, I didn't see her move and I turned right around my size 13 shoe boom, just about fell right on top of her. There is a passage of scripture to help us keep in balance. Keep our lives in balance. The title of my sermon this morning is called Balancing Act because that's what many of us do this time of the year with the holidays. Uh, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses four through seven. I've preached on this before. Uh, I'm going to use the New Living Translation first, and then I'll also read from the New International Version. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. I want you to consider. Our anxiety and fear and uncertainty and stress, are they related and how do they affect the balance in our lives? This is what God's word says from the fourth chapter of Philippians, verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. If you do this, here's a conditional sentence, if you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Now, to hear it from the New International Version. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all our understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do our lives get out of balance this time of the year? Yay or nay? I'm not going to ask how many of you were at Black Friday. I mean, to me, if I'm going to go camping, I'm going in the woods in a tent. I'm not going to camp out on concrete in front of Best Buy. That's just not in my nature to do that. Uh, but some of y'all love, see, I've asked two or three, but why do you do that? They said, oh, it's such a bonding experience, Brother Jerry. I mean, most of us have, yes, I agree that there is a deal when you can save two to $300 or $1,000 on a, wide a 70 inch screen tv our, our house isn't big enough for a 70 inch screen tv i mean i'm just telling you you know when when we finally got rid of the sony trinitron that weighed 400 pounds you know and we got us a little old bitty uh, 30 inch screen flat one of those little flat tvs our children were hip hip I, I was one of the last ones to get a digital camera and i'm so glad i did i've taken probably 50,000 more pictures with the digital camera than i have with film camera See, some of us are slow to change, but you'll never convince me that it's worth 
getting up at one or two or three o'clock in the morning two days before the sale and going and camping out in front of the store to get a deal. And if y'all didn't realize it, a lot of those big box stores that had those big deals, they sold your stuff online before the store opened on Black Friday. Read the news. Billion dollars in sale before Black Friday started. That's a lot of money. What do you worry about this time of the year? At our house, I have to be honest. We, we had Thanksgiving yesterday. We, we didn't have anybody at our house on Thanksgiving Day. Our children couldn't come. When Brent and I first got married, we killed ourselves on Thanksgiving Day. I hated Thanksgiving, and I hated Christmas. And I'll tell you why. We both were in school. We were both working part-time jobs. I usually had to work sometimes the night before and sometimes the day of the holiday because I worked for Safeway. And then we would drive 100 miles down here to, Valley, to China Spring, eat Thanksgiving dinner with them, turn around, drive 200 miles back to Nocona, trying to jump through all the hoops and make all the family happy. And we did that for about three or four years, and we said, this is crazy. You know, we tried doing the alternating from one year to the other. That did not work. Some people are not happy when Thanksgiving is not at their house every year. I will not name them, but they're just not. Some of them going on to be with the Lord, which is good. So what we did... What we did, we just went ahead and we moved out of state. We moved out of state for nine years, okay? We left the state of Texas and lived out of state for nine years, and we worked every Thanksgiving and every Christmas. And if somebody was going to spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with us, they had to come to where we were. And you know what that did for our families? And I'm being honest here, as honest as I know how to be. That helped our family see that it wasn't the day that was important. Hear me. Some of y'all need to hear this. Some of you are still stuck on the day. It's the time that you spend with your family. Did you hear me? It's not the day so much as it's the time that you spend with your family. If your children or your grandchildren are all stressed out because they've got to be here, 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 and here on a certain day, I can tell you they're not having a fun time. And they're not real happy. And as the years go by, they may look for reasons to not come. You know, there might be a playoff game they were concerned about on Thanksgiving Day. That might have some other trip or something. Or they might feign sickness. Or they might be sick. Now, how do we deal with restoring balance to our lives? And how can we deal with the stress that's in our lives. When we put our bodies under stress to move things, to climb, to lift, to pull things, any type of major exercise involves some form of stress. I was hoping Brent Finney was going to be here because he's a strength coach for Clifton. And I was going to say, Brent, could you come up here and tell us about how, how our bodies stress when we move things? But I want to tell you what happens when you don't exercise your body. And you sit at the Thanksgiving table. We should have started with the prayer for repentance today, for gluttony. You know, I, my mother makes the best chocolate pie in the world. I'm serious. And my 85-year-old mother, bless her heart, she drove down to our house through the back roads, 200 miles, 85 years old, no, and she brought two chocolate pies. She came in on Friday. One of them did not make Thanksgiving celebration on Saturday. 
One was polished off on Friday afternoon. And the reason I share that with you is there is a tendency during the holiday season to stress our bodies and to cause our bodies to get out of balance because we overeat all the good food. And I'm not, please don't misunderstand me here. I love turkey and dressing and ham, baked sweet potato. I mean, I love them all. But we have to be careful. So what does it say? It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Always be rejoicing in the Lord. Well, how does that relate to stress? Well, that means when you run out of something, you don't fret over it. You don't worry about it. You just enjoy the day, the moment. You give thanks for what you have. You make do. I want to share a true story with you. I wish to have got the clip and shown you the clips just a little long. It's the story of Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill, her whole life, wanted to play college basketball. And her story appeared about three years ago this Thanksgiving. Lauren Hill was an outstanding basketball player in high school. She's 5'11". She is number one point scorer for her team. She was good at what she did. When she found out she had an inoperable brain tumor her senior year in high school, she was signed up to play for Mount Joseph's College. Well, you say, I've never heard of Mount Joseph's. I hadn't either. Never heard of Hiram College, two small liberal arts schools. The National Collegiate Association, NCAA, scheduled a college game two weeks early before Thanksgiving so that Lauren could fulfill her dream of playing college basketball. If you remember, this made a lot of news about three or four years ago. 2014, I think, was the year that this happened. And so Hiram College... And Mount Joseph College did something most colleges never do. Now, they're fixing to face each other on the basketball court. They went out the night before and celebrated together the love of basketball. They celebrated being in a team sport. They celebrated each of their schools. They celebrated so Lauren could have a celebration. When the tickets went on sale for that playoff with those two schools, just a regular college game, but a college game for those two schools, they sold out Cincinnati, Xavier Stadium, in one hour. 10,280 tickets. Boom, we're gone. And if you watch the video clip, you'll see Lauren go on to the deal. She's there for the first tip. The ball's working down the field, and she makes the first two points of the game with an inoperable brain tumor. And then because she had a hard time keeping her balance, she had to come off the court in that game. And you cannot watch that clip. You see her come in at the end of the game, and she makes the last two points of her team. The first points and the last points. But she fulfilled a lifelong dream to play college basketball. Her one and only game. That was held in November. That's the last game, the only game she ever played. By April, she was gone. See, Lauren figured out something. Life is short. And what we have of life, how we use our life, what we do with our life, makes all the difference in the world. So why not rejoice? Now, folks, I have to be honest. I don't know how you rejoice when you have a brain tumor that is inoperable. But you see her face. And you see the joy on her face. And you hear her vocalize her faith. And you see the students that she played with, her fellow teammates, as well as the opponents, affirm her faith and her joy and her love 
for life in the game of basketball. Stress, by definition, is a state of mental tension or worry caused by problems in our lives. How many problems do you and I have this morning? A state of mental tension or worry caused by problems in our life from work, family, finances, health issues. Some of us will overspend here at Christmas in such a magnanimous way that we'll spend the rest of the year trying to pay off the Christmas bills that we charged. Lord, give us wisdom. That doesn't make sense, does it? Some of us will bend over backwards to give our children everything they want, and that's not always good. Sorry, kids, it's not. It's just not. You don't always get everything that you want. Life is not that way. We don't always get what we want, though we act like we're owed it and that we're privileged and we ought to have it. Guess what happened yesterday? Anybody watch any football yesterday? Baylor's ex-quarterback from Stephenville, Texas, Jarrett Stidham, Auburn University, beat mighty Alabama number one. Three weeks earlier, they beat mighty Georgia, which was number one. They knocked Alabama. I'm sorry, Alice, wherever she went. She's a bit, I'm sorry. They knocked Alabama out of the playoff berth for the SEC. They played Georgia again. Now, they beat Georgia by about 20-something points the first time. You, you know what happened? If y'all watched that game, you should have seen the end of that game because the stands of Auburn, they, that's called the Iron Bowl, by the way, they flooded the stadium. The stands emptied out. All of the people in the stands went down onto the field. It cost the school a quarter of a million dollar fine for those stands being emptied on that field. The SEC has a rule. You cannot charge the field at the end of a game. Guess what else? That's the third time Auburn's paid that fine. <laughs> the other first time they paid it is 2013 when they beat Alabama. Rejoice again. Always rejoice. Find something to rejoice about. How can a girl who has an inoperable brain tumor be rejoicing? How can be how can that be something you rejoice about? Well, she doesn't rejoice about the brain tumor. She rejoices about the gift of life for another day. For another day of life. I like the way the NLT translates. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. You're always thankful, but let everybody see that you're appreciative. You're considerate. You're kind. You're gentle. Sometimes God allows things to happen in our lives so that we might be witnesses to those around us. You know what I hate the most about the Christmas holiday season is good Christian people lose their faith and they forget that they're Christian. And sometimes they have Sunday school lessons and misuse God's name in stores dealing with the public. Oh, not us, Brother Jerry. Oh, yes. You order something and it comes in, it wasn't what you ordered, and you've got to have it. Or you, you go and you stand in line, you stand in line, and you get behind the one person who doesn't have their act together. They give their credit card and it's rejected. They give another card and it's rejected. And you're sitting there saying, why can't you move them? I'm in a hurry. Am I not talking to the right group here? 
No, Brother Jerry, we order everything online. Well, until somebody hacks your order or it gets sent to somewhere else. You know, or you get that call in the morning. Hey, this is, uh, you know, American Express or Visa or MasterCard. And there was just a, a $500, the, a $500 withdrawal made in Austin, Texas on your card. Are you in Austin, Texas? No, I'm not. I'm in Clifton. Well, how did that happen? Y'all think I'm not talking to the right people? I'm telling you, it, it happens. Or, which happened to one of our family members not too long ago. Graham? Yes? Who, who is it? Is this, is this Robert? Are you okay? Graham, I'm in trouble. Con artist. Flourish during holiday seasons. Hear me. Our older adults are being scammed. Left and right. My mother-in-law lives in China Springs, just a few miles away. She called me last week. She said, is Joel okay? And I say, why wouldn't he be? She said, I just got a call. Somebody saying Joel's in trouble. I said, no. If you got a call, somebody's telling you, they would have called me first. Scam artist. See, they, they say, Granny or Graham, they'll call them some name and try to con them so that they'll send three $500 Target cards to particular address. You say, well, nobody's foolish enough to do that. I'm not even going to go there, folks. Everybody in here, if you got a call that your loved one, your daughter, your son, your grandson, your granddaughter was in trouble and they were persuasive enough, there's no telling what you would do to try to save them. Who's knocking our life out of balance? And what is it that knocks our life out of balance? Family? Sometimes. Finances, sometimes. Jobs, sometimes. Y'all know there's more jobs lost during November and December than any other time of the year? You say, well, that's not true, Brother Jerry. Target's putting on this many people. Walmart's putting on. Yes, but major corporations lay off in November and December to meet their budgets. I've been here 20 years, 30 years in this community, and I've watched our local people sometimes right before Christmas when they thought everything was going to be good, they come in and they say, Brother Jerry, they just laid us off at the plant. Or they just cut back on our hours or they're closing down. What's knocking us out of balance? Is it health issues, parenting, teenagers, college students, home ownership, neighbor issues? You know, if you've got a little feist dog and he keeps bothering your neighbor's cat and you live here in town, every time the neighbor's cat comes over, your dog goes ballistic and bites the cat or chases the cat and eventually bites the neighbor, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have stress in your life. Either you need to get rid of the dog or the neighbor needs to get rid of the cat or you need to move to the country where nobody's around you. Then you can have your feist dog. Y'all think I'm, I'm laughing. No, I'm not. It's the truth. We say, Brother Jerry, they're... They go to church together. I don't care if they go to church together or not. You mess with somebody's feist dog or their cat, you got problems. You ought to try delivering food up there when there's a feist dog. And you boot one of those little feist dog out across the fence and see how well that sets with the neighbor. <laughs> I speak from experience, so be careful. <laughs> what does the scripture say here? He says, pray about it. If you've got a problem that you're worried about, if something's stressing you out, something knocking your life out of balance, look at the text. What does it say there? 
Rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request or present your request to God. Pray about things, folks. It's so easy. God, I'm having trouble with my neighbor with the cat. My little feist dog doesn't like that cat. You pray about it. God understands. What do you want me to do, Lord? Take the feist dog to the animal shelter. Let somebody else be their problem. Oh, I can. I love little Missy. Well, then you're going to have to keep Missy in her boundaries. And the neighbor you're going to have to talk to about their cat. I mean, y'all think I'm, you, you can laugh all you want to, folks. This is real life in Clifton, Texas. Okay? I'll tell you also, if your dog gets out and it bites somebody off your property, you're still liable. If your cow gets out and it goes out on the roadway and somebody's coming down that roadway and they hit that cow and they're wrecked and they're injured, guess who's going to get the lawsuit? The person that owned the cow. Doesn't matter. Somebody might have come along and torn their fence down. Doesn't matter that somebody wasn't paying attention. Doesn't matter if somebody's going 70 miles an hour on a country road where the speed limit ought to be 35 or 40. If they hit a cow, it's going to fall on you if it's your cow. How do we ease the stress? How do we deal with the life out of balance? Pray about it. Let your requests, your petitions, your concerns, your worries, your complaints, your life issues be known to God. Voice your concerns. Folks, God understands us better than we know. And he cares about us. This is as plain as it gets. <laughs> well, I overheard my little grandson yesterday trying to converse with his mother about his being I guess you'd call it being uh, corrected he said why does Jesus give me a second chance and you don't give me a second chance <laughs> oh that's pretty tough right there I mean yeah you know why does Jesus give me a second chance and a third chance but you mom you won't I get one chance with you and if I mess up I'm you know I'm I'm in timeout corner I didn't get any dessert well you didn't eat your lunch you eat your lunch, you go back and eat your lunch, you'll get a dessert. I mean, am I talking to the wrong group? And then here's the grandparents. Oh, come on. It's okay. We'll sneak a dessert. Come on. Undermine the authority of the parents every time. They do. Well, that's what grandchildren are for. They're to spoil. That's what you'll hear them say. Have you ever prayed selfish prayers? You know, I have to be honest, I pray selfish prayers sometimes. I pray prayers that I want God to answer, and then he doesn't answer them the way I want. You know, we had Tuesday afternoon, this church was filled up to capacity with the death of a young man, his funeral service. I prayed when I was at the scene of that wreck the week before that it, that it wasn't as bad as they told me. And I prayed that that God, could you help these families? And then when I got a, a message on Thanksgiving morning that Galen Turner's little granddaughter Macy was gone at three months old, I want to tell you I prayed a really selfish prayer. When I went to see my friend Joe White this week, on Monday, I prayed a selfish prayer going, coming back in, prayed it while I was there and prayed it coming back in, Lord, let me live to see Joe another day. And within three hours, he was gone. Not too long ago, I looked out our back door 
And we have a real high deer fence behind our place. And I, there was a big buck that had tried to jump the eight-foot fence. And we have a five-foot fence, five-wire fence, not quite five feet tall, probably four and three-quarters. And he had hit the big fence, but he dropped in between the two fences about a two-foot space. And he got trapped in that fence between those two fences. He couldn't go over the eight-foot fence, and he couldn't get out of the four-and-a-half-foot, five-foot fence. There wasn't enough room. He couldn't, he, he, he was trapped in there. And you say, well, why didn't you just go shoot him? No, that's, I hunt and I fish and I love it, but that's not me. You know what I prayed? I said, Lord, help that deer get out of his trap that he's in. And I walked out there, and as calmly as I could, I tried to get that deer to run. And he started running. And he started running down between those two fences, and he got to the end of where our fence is. It's about a five-foot wire fence, and he went right over the end into the pasture and was free. That's the only way he was going to get out of there, unless I'd have had three or four guys there that could have darted him, we could have lifted him out of there. Well, some of us get in traps like that, folks. Our lives get out of balance, our marriages go kaput, we have all kinds of issues, and we're trapped. And the only one that I know that can help you get out of that trap is the Lord Jesus. He can show you how to get free and clear. But you've got to trust him, and you've got to act in faith. Notice what else the text says. The text says, Jesus, peace will be ours. And let the peace of the Lord that surpasses all of our understanding. Look at verse 7. Give thanks in prayer. Let your request be made known to God. And here's the result. And the peace of God which transcends all our understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do we have God's peace this morning? Do we have God's peace? I saw a wonderful story this week. A story about a young lady by the name of Kate. She was on her way home in Philadelphia on Highway 95. And as she was starting to get closer to town, her car ran out of gas. And she limped it off of the freeway onto one of those exit ramps and pulled over out of the way. And as her car was sitting there dead, it was 11 o'clock at night. Here she is all by herself, young woman, no gas, dark. She sees a shadowy figure come from where she was. And he simply scared the living daylights out of her, knocked on the door, and he said, lock your doors, I'll be back to help you. His name was Johnny, homeless vet, homeless veteran, went and took his last $20 and bought her gas and brought a can and filled her car with $20 worth of gas. The can probably cost five, ten, fifteen dollars. He he got her going again. And he said, Now you go on home, you don't worry about it. But she didn't she didn't want to just do that. She went on home, but she came back the next day and she looked him up, tried to help him. And then she thought, I've got to do more. Here's this homeless man who had nothing, who went out of his way to make sure that I was safe by telling me to lock my doors and kept his word and had my back and came back and helped me. She posted on Facebook a GoFundMe page to help him. Had over $115,000 in the middle of a week to help him get off the street. And he's passing that on to help other people. And the peace of God, which transcends all our understanding, will guard our minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. 
Do we have a prayerful attitude? Do we have peace in our heart? You know, we might be able to get some balance back in our lives if we ask God for his help and if we let our request be made known and then if we trust him in faith and then give him whatever it is that's knocking us out of balance. If we don't know how to say no, we need to learn how to say no. We really do. If we don't know how to manage our finances, we need to get some help and manage them. If we've got issues in our marriage, maybe we need to go to a counselor. If we've got trouble with our young people or our children and raising them, maybe we need to take some parenting classes. Maybe we need to have better bonding and interaction with our children so they'll listen and respect us. Maybe we just need to be the people God calls us to be. You know, Paul says it in the third chapter of Colossians like this, you know, to clothe yourselves. He, he says, put on kindness. You know, he, he talks about clothing yourself. You have all this opportunity, pray about it, then put on these clothes, kindness and compassion and goodness and mercy, and do all of those things so that you can be the people God called you to be. Don't be anxious about anything. I want to close with an old poem. Anonymous writer. It's about worry, because some of y'all are given to worry. Let me see if I can find it in my notes here. Worry never climbed a mountain. That's the way it starts out. Worry never paid a bill. Worry never cooked a meal. You know, goes goes all the way through. Well, I guess it's just that this disappeared. I wasn't supposed to use it. It says, worry never dried a tear, never calmed a fear, worry never darned a hill, worry never cooked a meal, worry never led a horse to water, nor ever did a thing that it oughter. So some of you that worry, give it over to the Lord this holiday season. Ease up, take a chill pill, pray about it, do whatever you need to do to let God have control of your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these dear people. I thank you for the wonderful Thanksgiving and the beautiful weather we've had to enjoy it. I thank you for all the families here, Lord, and help us this day to know your presence and be with those around us who are having struggles this time of the year because of the loss of loved ones or some disappointment or the loss of a job or a marriage that's broken up. Lord, help us to know your grace and help us to be your grace to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to stand and sing a hymn of invitation. I'll be here at the front to receive you if you have a decision you'd like to make. Would you stand?